Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the last episode of the Bible Explained podcast ever of Numbers. <laughs> Did I scare you guys? I was trying to. Anyway, yeah, today is Numbers 36. This is the last bit of numbers that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be moving into Deuteronomy next week. Don't forget, I'm going to take a couple days off. I'm going to do tomorrow's podcast episode, which will be the official end of season four tomorrow. And then I'll take three days off after that and then come back to you guys on Halloween (laughs) next week, the 31st, will be the start of season five. And the reason I'm doing that is because I have a couple projects that I would like to finish up regarding um, P40 Ministries, my ministry, and just the Bible explained in general. I'd like to just have some time to revise a few things and fix them. So yeah, just to let you guys know, I will not be doing episodes for the next three days. But let's go ahead and talk about Numbers 36 today. And before I start reading, I would like to do a quick uh, recap because I'm going to guess a few people are going to forget what is going on here. So Numbers 36 is regarding Zalophahad's daughters. Do you even remember that? (laughs) Do you even remember that episode? That was a few episodes back. And the title of that one was ancient female landowners. And I think we did that episode close to a month ago. And I told you we'd be coming back to Salofahad's daughters in the future. It turns out that Numbers 36 is talking primarily about Salofahad's daughters. So who are Salofahad's daughters? Who the heck is (laughs) Salofahad? Well, Salofahad was some guy that ended up dying in the wilderness. We don't really know anything about him besides the fact that he had five daughters. But there was a problem because when a tribe leader died, his inheritance, his land would go down to his son. That was how it was always done. And there was no two ways about it. So if he didn't have a son, he was kind of screwed. The other family members would end up getting his inheritance and the daughters would have to be like, uh, I don't know, kind of integrated into another family's household until they got married. But that wasn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem was that Zalofa has a name would be totally erased. And names back in these days were extremely important just to everybody. So Zalofa had would basically cease to exist <laughs> in a way um, like his name would just disappear. And that was the reason why Zalofa had's daughters actually were the most concerned They weren't as concerned about the fact that they would have to go and live with their uncles till they got married. They were more concerned over the fact that their dad would no longer have any honor. So they go to Moses and they're just like, hey, you know, our dad, he was a sinner just like everybody else, but he didn't have any sons. Why should his name have to be erased just because of the fact that he had no sons? Like we're his daughters and we want to preserve our father's name. Now, of course, Moses takes this issue to God. Because this was unheard of back in these days. Like, women just didn't own land. So Moses takes this issue to God, and God's like, yeah, you know, these these daughters should have their rightful inheritance. He says, anytime a person dies, if they have no sons, let it be passed down to the daughters. And that's kind of how God 
ends up uh, showing justice to the daughters who came to Moses with this issue, especially since these daughters were the most concerned about honoring their father. That was kind of their intention with coming to Moses. It wasn't their own rights. So God ends up uh, respecting the daughters and Zelophehad and allowing girls to be able to own property if there were no sons in that family. Because the son was always supposed to be the head of the household. But this is pretty consistent throughout scripture. If there is no man to take over, God often appoints a woman. But we'll definitely talk more about that way later. <laughs> like way later. But I think one of the reasons God also did this was to show that there is equality between girls and boys. I think people probably in these days were probably so concerned about making sure they had a boy in order to pass down their inheritance too. I'm going to guess that was a, a big problem. If they had girls, you know, these girls would be unloved possibly because just because of the fact that they are a girl. And I think what God is doing here is just showing that it doesn't matter. Like all people are created equal. Like obviously a woman and a man have different roles, but a woman is not lesser than a man. So it's okay. Like if a family did not end up having any boys, it's going to be okay. Like that inheritance is going to be passed down to those girls. And those girls now are going to be landowners. So that's what happens here with Zelophehad's daughters. They end up getting their inheritance. They end up getting their land that their father left them. So now, though, there's a new issue that arises. At this point, God had told Israel, in fact, commanded them that the land that they were allotted from the promised land was not supposed to be intermingled, basically, with the other tribes. So in other words, a tribe could not trade land for another tribe. <laughs> Whatever was given to them was going to be what it was. And God made that extremely clear. The tribes are not allowed to sell their land to other tribes and vice versa or trade it or whatever else. Where that tribe lived was going to be their land. And that was kind of it. So that's the problem. God had already put this statute in place that the land was not supposed to be traded around between the tribes. So what's going to happen to Zelophehad's daughters when they go out and get married? Where's that land going to go? So let's read Numbers 36, the entire thing. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version this morning. And this is just 13 verses, so grab your Bible and let's read this together. The heads of the father's households of the family of the children of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, of the families of the sons of Joseph, came near and spoke before Moses and before the princes, the heads of the father's households of the children of Israel. They said, Yahweh commanded my Lord to give the land for an inheritance by lot to the children of Israel. My Lord was commanded by Yahweh to give the inheritance of Zelophehad, our brother, to his daughters. If they are married to any of the sons of the other tribes of the children of Israel, then their inheritance will be taken away from the inheritance of our fathers and will be added to the inheritance of the tribe to which they belong. So it shall be taken away from the lot of our inheritance. When the jubilee of the children of Israel comes, then their inheritance will be added to the inheritance of the tribe to which they belong. So their inheritance shall be taken away from the inheritance of our tribe of our fathers. Moses commanded the children of Israel, according to Yahweh's word, saying, The tribe of the sons of Joseph speak what is right. This is the thing which Yahweh commands concerning the daughters of Zelophehad, saying, Let them be married to whom they think is best, only they shall marry into the family of the tribe of their father. 
So shall no inheritance of the children of Israel move from tribe to tribe. For the children of Israel shall keep all the inheritance of the tribe of their fathers. Every daughter who possesses an inheritance in any tribe of the children of Israel shall be wife to one of the family of the tribe of her father, that the children of Israel may each possess the inheritance of his fathers. So shall no inheritance move from one tribe to another tribe, for the tribes of the children of Israel shall keep his own inheritance. The daughters of Zelophehad did as Yahweh commanded Moses. For Mala, Terza, Hagla, Milcah, and Noah, the daughters of Zelophehad, were married to their father's brother's sons. They were married into the families of the sons of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. Their inheritance remained in the tribe of the family of their father. These are the commandments and the ordinances which Yahweh commanded Moses to the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. Just something to throw out there. I'm kind of curious. I wonder if Zelophehad's daughters were... um the half-tribe of Manasseh that stayed on the other side of the promised land. You guys remember me talking about that. The Manasseh tribe was split up into two. One of them got their inheritance outside of the promised land, and then the other one got their inheritance inside the promised land. I do wonder if Zelophehad's daughters ended up being um, the half-tribe that got their inheritance outside the land because of the fact that they're talking about this already and they have not gone into the promised land yet or not. However, that is my own speculation. <laughs> I don't know. But okay, you can see the issue here, right? They're, they're coming to Moses with an issue. And these are all the princes. And they repeated themselves like 20 times too. <laughs> the first like four verses is basically just one long repeat. They're just like, the inheritance is going to be taken away from our tribe. And these were the princes of Manasseh that had this issue. Because back in these days, and even nowadays, really, you know, when you marry, if you're a girl and you marry into another person's home, you basically take on their name and you become part of their family, right? I mean, that's kind of how it works. It's just a little different. But back in these days, they took on the name of their spouses, like the girls that would marry into their their new husband's household and they'd integrate into that family, they'd become part of that family. And whatever inheritance they had would be integrated into, um, you know, the new family that they had. So this is the problem. Because God had said that land should not be traded or split up or moved in any way between the tribes, this was a violation in a sense if Zelophehad's daughters married anybody else outside of their tribe, which was the tribe of Manasseh. So say they like found some guy they liked in the tribe of uh, Judah. Let's just say they, they fell in love, married into the tribe of Judah. That land, that part of their inheritance that they received from their father would now end up going to the tribe of Judah. That's the issue. So that's why these men are coming forth with this new problem that arose regarding Zelophehad's daughters. And thankfully, it, <laughs> none of the daughters were actually uh, married at this point yet. So Moses takes this into consideration and he goes and talks to Yahweh about it. So Yahweh comes back and is like, yeah, this is a problem. So here's what's going to happen. He says, make sure you tell the Israelites that if an unmarried girl owns land, which by the way, I think the girl had to be unmarried now that I'm thinking about it. I think so. I don't know how that would work exactly. That's something I don't know. <laughs> anyway, if a girl ended up inheriting land and she was unmarried, 
she had to stay within her tribe if she married. That means that out of the tribe of Manasseh or the half tribe of Manasseh, she would have to find somebody to marry inside of that half tribe of Manasseh. Now, this wouldn't be a huge issue because there was a ton of people in each tribe, but they could not intermarry. The girls specifically could not intermarry with other tribes. This would not be the same rule for a boy, by the way, because like I said, if a boy inherited land, he would remain within that tribe. If he married a girl from a different tribe, it wouldn't matter. He wouldn't go into that tribe and take his his inheritance with him. That girl would come and live in his tribe and become part of that tribe. So yes, not the same rules for boys, but for a girl specifically, it had to be this way because that's just how it is. And it's like I said, it's still kind of like that to this day. So if I were an ancient landowner back in these days and I was unmarried, I would have to find somebody uh, within my own tribe to go and marry so that that land stayed forever in that tribe. So the one question this brought up for me is why does it matter? Why did God draw such uh, boundaries around each tribe that they couldn't, you know, trade land or whatever or inherit new land? I think the main reason for this is because of Jesus. If those lines kind of got crossed and land was just all over the place, you know what I mean? The tribes were just like all over the place inside of the land of Israel. There would be no more tribes. And this would be a problem because Jesus was supposed to come from the tribe of Judah. That was important. And that was also prophesied about. And the reason that this was so important that Jesus comes from the tribe of Judah is because he comes from the line of the kings. And for all of this to work the way it ended up working with Jesus coming down to earth as a baby, being born into the tribe of Judah with both his mother and his earthly father, Mary and Joseph were both from the tribe of Judah. This was very important because the people had now recognized who Jesus was. There would be evidence that he was the Messiah based upon his tribe. So it was important to keep these tribes separated because of Jesus being from the tribe of Judah. And that's personally what I believe. I think God was definitely looking towards the future. Now, fun fact, after Jesus was born, the tribes did kind of get lost. You know, Israel doesn't really have tribes anymore. And a lot of the record for the tribes were lost. So a lot of Jewish people now are not actually sure um, which tribe they come from. They have ideas, possibly, and they have some records, but a lot of it has been lost. So personally, that's why I believe that God drew these hard boundaries around um, the different pieces of land for each tribe was just because of that reason was because he was looking towards the future for when Jesus would come to earth, that he would be prophesied about, that he would be from the line of kings and that people would be able to recognize him as Messiah because he was from the line of Judah. Well, friends and faithful listeners, I am very excited to announce that I am finally running my camera and trying to upload YouTube videos. I haven't uploaded anything yet. I did record a YouTube video today, actually, that I am planning on editing and trying to get up onto the YouTube channel page. Go over to the YouTube channel if you haven't yet and subscribe. It's just P40 Ministries LLC. And I'll drop a link to the YouTube channel in the bio of this podcast episode so you can just click on it, navigate over there, and subscribe to that. Friends and faithful listeners, I really hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed this last episode out of numbers and that you join me tomorrow for the last episode out of season four, 
which is going to be from the book of Luke. Anyway, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless. Thank you.